Yeah. yeah. So you just reminded me, um, like my husband and I had this conversation actually recently. It, it was probably like a month ago where he said that he stumbled across his journal from high school or oh. yeah, like junior high into high school. And, um, and he said when he was reading through it, all he could think was, man, this guy is such an asshole. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny that you think that about yourself, you know? And he's like, no, just reading like what I thought was huge at the time, you know, and knowing what I know now, it's like, oh, you're such an idiot. (laughs) So looking at that perspective, like seeing it from that lens, a different lens, I I think Mm -hmm. that um, that also helps. But, um, you know, I, I... I'm actually glad that some of my journals are lost forever because I think I would react the same way. I would read it and be like, man, this person's an idiot. Like, this person's so dumb. You are listening to the We Are Not Safe for Work podcast. Your hosts, Renee and Nadja, will dive into all the different reasons why some entrepreneurs become unemployable. Today's are, today's a low energy day for me. <laughs> as you smile and giggle. Um, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm so tired and my brain just is not rolling. It's not rolling the way it normally does. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of leaning into it. And yeah, it's it's not always high energy over here in Casa de Naja. <laughs> <laughs> is Lance still traveling? He got back home on Tuesday. Okay. So thankfully. What's today? Today is Thursday. Thursday. Today's Thursday. So yes. So he he got back on Tuesday. He was working from home yesterday. And then today he went back into the office. So um I guess in a way it hasn't really changed from when he was out of town because he's still not home. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I'm so used to Andy being here and Saturday will be her gone for two weeks um, to see her sister. And I don't know how you do it with him traveling all the time and kids. I don't even have any kids at home. And I feel like I don't even know what I'm doing with my life. It's so hard to get everything done. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and every time they go out of town, like without fail, something happens, whether it's just like overwhelm or, you know, like in my situation, I had a pretty serious plumbing issue that came up. So that was a lot of fun to deal with um, by myself. (laughs) Right. Right. But yeah, yeah, without fail, when they're gone, that's when shit hits the fan and you're just kind of like, why? Why does this happen every single time? Yeah. And like, do you guys have just simple chores, like taking the kids to school? Because school started, right, this week? Actually, my kids don't start until next week. So they don't, like, another school district, like Klein ISD started this week. um, And we're, we're in another school district and we don't start until Tuesday. Got it. So, so they're still here at home. <laughs> so like just basic tasks like cleaning house, grocery shopping, cooking, 
um, taking the kids to school and mm-hmm. after school activities. Do you guys divide all of that? Um, if it can be divided, then yes. But for the most part, like everything that you described typically falls on me anyway. Like Lance has been really good about taking care of um, like the grocery shopping. So mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with it. I just, you know, add things to the shopping list. Oh, yeah. And and sometimes the things that are added to the shopping list is surprise me with a treat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we were literally just talking about that with the topo, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but definitely the curbside pickup for groceries have been mm-hmm. a huge blessing because in the event that I have to place that order, it's just so much easier for me to do it online and then do a pickup. So, see, I don't even do the pickup, I just have it delivered. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is mostly because of where I live, but because I didn't do that before we moved here. But, yeah. How far away is the grocery store from your house? It's not that far away. It's it, well, okay, that's not true. There's an Aldi and a Walmart grocery store that are super close, and then the Kroger is super far away time wise mileage. It's maybe eight miles time wise. It's probably forty five minutes. What? Yeah. Why? Well, (laughs) that's a great question because we moved out here to a brand new community and there is one road that leaves the community in and out and the main highway that you go to to get anywhere at all um, is under dramatic construction because oh, I remember built, that. Yeah, you've been here. You remember, right? I've been there. Yeah, I remember so, there's construction like through a huge stretch of that road. Right. So now it's down to one lane each way. And they have literally built thousands of houses back here. And so it can take a super long time just to get to Kroger. So instead of spending my time, we pay for delivery because yeah. they come in batches here in our neighborhood. I literally see the Kroger truck driving around half the day because everybody else does it too. So they can just load up the Kroger truck and just go house to house to house. It's kind of funny because I see it happening. And um, that's so much better than trying to be in this ridiculous traffic. Yeah. And, and so no, that, that totally makes sense because, you know, we've talked about this before, but everything you pay for everything with some sort of currency and the two currencies are time and money so would you rather spend the money to get your time back or Mm -hmm. would you rather spend the time and then not have to spend as much money so those are the two currencies that we always deal with but you're yeah no that totally makes sense that you would have somebody deliver because 45 minutes there and back like that's that's a huge chunk of time. It's it's ridiculous. And it's also gotten super dangerous because that whole stretch from like our house to Kroger mm-hmm. has become just a danger zone. Like my mom came here to visit us. She got in a wreck um, right oh there my on that road. And just the other day, right in front of people are constantly because the intersection where Kroger is, they're building everything. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. At one time. 
And it's it's funny. It's one of those, you know how some intersections are just like huge in size? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Right? So then it becomes chaotic because everybody's frustrated because they're waiting forever because it's not abnormal to sit through a light cycle between here and there three, four, five times. So by the time the light you gets to your turn and it's turning yellow or it's flashing red, people go. And then the p- moment it turns green in the other way, people go because they're frustrated. Everybody's frustrated. So it's oh just gosh. nonstop wrecks. Nonstop yeah. wrecks. Um, there's a that Facebook- is way too stressful. Yeah. There's a Facebook group that is dedicated and used by everybody in the community just to track the specific red lights and where the wrecks are on the way home and on the way to work. Oh, my God. (laughs) The fact that that's even necessary, but I can see how that would be super useful information to have if you are – like if you have no option but to commute to and from the neighborhood and and if it's just that one road, then yeah, I'm going to want to know in advance, like, do I make plans to, you know, go to the grocery store while all exactly. that shit clears up? Or do I, do I go do, do I sit through it? Like, <laughs> what are my options here? Plus, plus, because they keep building. When we moved here, there were only supposed to be 500 houses back here. And now there's like 2,000. 500 so, houses is still quite a lot. <laughs> it is. It is. It is a lot. But now there's over 2,000 and they've just bought more land to keep going. And then they built an apartment complex. I don't even know why somebody would live in an apartment back here, but whatever. So now it's also all the people commuting and um, all of the construction trucks. Mm. So 18-wheelers, they're trying Mm -hmm. to turn on these tiny little back roads. Yep, that's right. And they keep hitting people. And... um, it's just chaos. I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm just going to have my groceries delivered. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so we've spent, what, 10 minutes talking about grocery delivery. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't the point. That wasn't the topic no, that we were thinking no, about not today. not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, no, I want to talk about note taking. Um, I know we've talked about it many times over the years together, but it is my obsession in life. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, literally while I was waiting for this episode to begin, I was kind of in between things and I was making myself a peanut butter sandwich, starving, and that was the fastest thing to eat and listening to pod or YouTube videos about note taking. Okay. Um, Yeah. And that's what I do in between while I'm switching out laundry. I listen to YouTube videos about note taking. That's what I do. So, Okay. No taking politics. Okay, you've got to tell me more because you're talking about YouTube videos about note taking. There's, I feel like there's only so much you can listen to about that topic. So, <laughs> right? Okay. All right. Let, hold on. Let's go. Let me expose myself here a little bit and go into my YouTube um, history. Okay. And let's just see. This is so interesting to me because now it makes me feel like I've been stuck note-taking in the old-fashioned way and I I feel like you're about to blow my mind. (laughs) No, I'm not. And that's what makes this so pathetic. (laughs) This is what makes this so bad. Okay. So like, let's see, the video that I was listening to, um, which is why I was a minute late to this call. 
Oh my God. I can't believe I'm admitting this. I hope my wife never listens to this. Uh, it was why I switched from Notion to Apple Notes. And okay. um, I have about two minutes left on that video. I'm pretty stoked to hear the rest of it. Um, <laughs> okay. Before that, it's not showing me the whole title very well. So hold on just a second. Okay, so uh, I'll admit, like, I'm a I'm a huge nerd, but, like, this seems a little too nerdy for me. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, okay. Um, do you know who Ryder Carroll is by any chance? No. Okay, do you know what the bullet journal is? Yeah, I know the bullet journal. Okay, he's the creator of the bullet journal method. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. There's a two-hour video... <laughs> there's a two-hour video called the ultimate method to take control of your life in 2023 it's all about the the title is misleading it's um a youtuber that i follow has done an interview of the guy who created the bullet journal method and it's just all about note taking digital versus analog and okay um, yeah and before that not that i listen to all of these today but before that, it was uh, building a second brain with Tiago Forte. That was an hour long video about the best way to do note taking. Okay. Um, then I watched, let's see. Oh, I just watched this this morning because this was only seven minutes long. Um, My Simple Productivity System for Normal People by Jeff Sue. And then I geeked okay. out on a video called the simple file management system changed my life by Jeff Sue as well. And it, that is actually all about how to name your files. Oh, okay. See, that seems really fascinating to me. I, I love having um, a very set standard on nomenclature when it comes to mm -hmm. organizing files. So, so yeah, so that, that is something that piques my interest. Definitely. Right. So before that, the, in the last couple of days, I listened to, and I'm almost done and I'm getting to a point with this. Actually, I have no point, but I'm going to tell you <laughs> what I'm dealing with right now. Apple Notes runs my life. That was a really interesting one. And then Tiago mm -hmm. Forte is a guy who um, created this system called uh, the Second Brain. Okay. And he created this thing called the Para Method. And I know... If you don't know what these things mean, then they mean nothing. I'm just saying words. But I just watched his. He's doing a series right now about how to build a second brain on various note-taking systems, um, like tools, using different tools. And um, he just released a video about building your second brain on Apple Notes, which is what I'm particularly interested in right now. Um, and so I've been watching a lot of videos related to that. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I feel like I, I know you a little better now. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I do. This is what I do. Um, and so there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. So I'm just curious. First of all, do you take notes? I do. And I how do am. You so I am a huge note taker. I have a ton of notebooks. Um uh -huh. I like to physically write notes. I feel like it sticks a little bit better for me. Um, but it also depends on what the scenario is. So if we're talking about note-taking 
for a lecture, you know, like if I'm if I'm trying to learn something, then yeah, definitely writing it down is my way to go. Um, but if we're talking about note taking for like a meeting, so a team meeting, client meeting, whatever it may be, um, mm-hmm. I definitely like to use uh, tools for that. And wh- one of the ones that we use is called Otter. Um, How do you spell that? And Otter, Otter like the animal, like okay. an otter. The otters that hold hands in the water when they sleep. <laughs> but it's otter.ai. And um, what otter can do is it, it'll it do a live transcription of meetings and then it'll summarize meeting notes. So this is – it kind of goes back to our previous discussion on AI. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, utilizing that tool because I would rather have the – freedom and flexibility of open discussion than trying to focus on making notes and, you know, focusing Mm -hmm. on, oh, I don't want to miss out on whatever note I'm supposed to jot down. I'd rather technology take over that role for me and then summarize it for me and we can go in and highlight. Um, But yeah, it just takes that one additional piece of mental... um, like okay, mental so responsibility. Okay, so let's pause. So let's say that you're have a, you have a meeting, uh-huh. and therefore it means that you're recording the meeting. Yes. Okay. So you're, I'm just literally writing this down. So then you use Otter to transcribe the recording. Yeah. So if you're if you're using like Zoom, you can actually have your Otter assistant join Zoom, mm-hmm. and um, it's just there as a participant that listens in basically. But if you open up the otter.ai dashboard on your web browser, it shows you the live transcription and you can make notes as it takes your notes for you, or you can highlight the things that it's transcribing. Um, But that's what we do. Okay. So then you have this transcription. What Uh do you do with it from there? Um, So otter will provide a summary of notes Um, and it's actually the, the reason that we love to use it now is because it's helped us basically structure our meeting transcription, if that makes any sense. So we'll like, we'll have, we'll go through our meeting, we have our our agenda, we go through it, but at the very end, the last thing that we always go through is, okay, so now that we've discussed all of these things, these are the next steps. So we say out loud, these are the action items. These are the next steps because then okay. we know but, Otter but will pull that. I'm missing something though. Okay. Okay. So you actually say those things out loud so that Otter transcribes what you're saying? Correct. Okay. Got it. All right. Got it. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. And then, and then, yeah. So we'll we'll do a recap, and it's just kind of like a collaborative. This is what I remember. The next action steps are. Everybody else chimes in with anything that's missing, um, and then we go back at the end, um, because Otter will email us a like a meeting recap, a notes recap, and then a link to the transcription and the audio recording. Okay. And then, what do you do with that? They get turned into tasks inside of ClickUp, assigned to whoever they need to be assigned so to. Does it stay in your email? You read the email and then turn it into task? 
Yeah. So we'll, um, well, what I do is I take a look at the email, um, the recap, and if all of the action tasks are listed out in that recap, they get turned into tasks inside of ClickUp. And then the email, like I'll delete the email once I'm done with it. Oh, oh, okay. Interesting. So Because I know go- I can go into Otter if I wanted to get more information or if I wanted to get more clarification on what needs to be done, then I can just go into Otter instead of just referencing my email. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that's a meeting. So That's a meeting. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. for meetings. Were you going to say something? No, I was just going to say now Now I'm curious how you do note-taking because – well, no, no, that's just one type of note taking. So I want to, I want to, I want to stay on you for just a minute. Um, so if you're reading a book, uh huh. First of all, do you read books? I do. I know so um, many books. But, so if you're reading a book, and it's nonfiction, we'll just say nonfiction. I guess you can okay. take book meet notes on a fiction book, but I think that's pretty unusual. So a nonfiction book, and you want to take notes from the book. How do you do that? Okay, so for nonfiction books, like all of my books have markings in them. So whether like it depends on what I'm trying to do with that book. If I am doing it for just informational purposes, like I just want to learn something, um, they get highlighted and then I'll either write in the margins or if it's if it's a really like dense book that has a lot of um, steps like action steps that you can take immediate action steps, actionable items or whatever. Um, Then it goes on a post-it note. My notes go on a post-it note and they get stuck on that page. So my nonfiction books are much thicker than when, when I purchase them because they're all highlighted in or they are full of post-it notes. Okay. So do you take those post-it notes and then do anything with them? They're my reference points. So typically what I when I make a note inside of a book, it's because I know I want to go back to it later. So I'll make the note on the post-it note, but like um, you know, essentially what I'll do, I don't have any here. They're all all of my um I have books everywhere. Like they're all over my office, they're all over my kitchen, my the bedroom. Um, they're in various backpacks, but I have the, the one that I was – oh, here we go. Nobody else can see this because right. this, is an, this is an audio recording, but you can see me, Renee. So yeah. I have this book, Clockwork. Okay. Um, Ooh, that's a famous I, book. I pulled it out recently because I was like, oh, um, I remember there was something in Clockwork that I read about the Queen Bee role that I, I want to revisit, right? So mm-hmm. I remember the topic – but you can see, you can already see my post-it sticking out, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So I just go in and then I quickly skim through. Like these are, this is just a very quick, like here are the seven stages of clockwork. So the, this is my note to remind me, here are the seven stages that they talk about. And right. then I go here and then um, like sometimes it'll be whole quotes. Yeah. And then other times it's just, you know, like I said, like reminders. Um, This one says the queen bee role is never a person or machine. It is a role, function, or task. So these are the things that I was looking for, but that's what my post-it notes are for. This one says hub and spoke exercise. Once again, it's just a reference. So they're basically my bookmarks. 
I see. So you don't then go transcribe your important points to somewhere else to keep a journal of them, so to speak. No, not necessarily. Okay. 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 That's interesting. Um, is that okay. your notebook? No. This is one oh. of my oh, – hold on. My sound's being weird. Okay. This is one of my books on how to take notes. It's called um, How to Take Smart Notes by uh, Sanke Ahrens, who's a German dude. Okay. And so it's literally a book about how to take notes. Now I have lots of books about how to take notes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's just she can so, see my face. That's why she's laughing. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing. Because I was so excited when I got this book. I'll never forget when I got it. Um it was a very exciting time. And so here's my thing. I don't take a lot of notes. I'm At just all. obsessed with the concept of note taking. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, do, I, I have plenty of notes. I I, I tend to, um, but I take courses on note taking. Uh-huh. And I know. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, I interesting. Take, no, I, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, but I'm obsessed with the concept of, like, for example, how do PhDs take notes, right? And when they're doing all this dense studying and dense reading, because here's, I, here's how I kind of got into this, is when I'm studying... Um, theory, SEO theory, right? I need to mm-hmm. study, take, let's say I take a course. I got into this because of screw the nine to five, really. Okay. Because I'm taking a course and then I have all these notes. And if all the notes are in paper form, then I can't, it's not easy to, unless I create an index in my paper journal, it's not easy to search, to go back and reference the the process, right? Because remember addicted? Mm-hmm. Um. By the way, just so people know what we're talking about, Addicted was a, co- a, a course about Facebook ads yeah. created by um, Amanda Bond. Amanda Bond. Bond. Yeah. Love her. Yes. Love her. Love her. I've always said she's my spirit animal. Um, <laughs> I think she's one of the coolest people alive. But whenever she I was taking is. that, I had a literal notebook filled with just nothing but notes. And I was like, this is good. This is great. But now I actually have to put all this into action. And trying to filter through all of my scribbled paper notes is not very effective. So what would be the best method for taking notes? And then I found out that there's a whole genre of the world that exists just for this topic, right? Yeah. And so sometimes for like my birthday or something, I'll ask for a course on note-taking or a book on note-taking. So now I'm just fascinated by the whole concept. And so I do take a lot of notes. I have to because of my work. But, and I have to, most of the notes that I take, I need to reference on a regular basis. And then if that's true, since, you know, you and I both live in a two-story house, if you write them all on paper, then you know what happens, right? Oh, crap. That was up, my, my journal's upstairs and it's downstairs. So then I got really super into digital note-taking. And Makes sense. what does that sure. look like? Right. But the problem is, what if your iPad dies? Right. Right. So because you forgot to charge it. Right. Um, So that's kind of how I got into all of this. And so now this is my new life obsession. And I just think it's interesting. And there's all these tools. I mean, it's a it's a billion dollar industry now. It's just the tools for note taking. You got Notion, Apple Notes, Obsidian, um, 
So many. I, I use, so like, many. I use uh, Evernote, right? Uh -huh. Nem, and now you have the AI tools coming into it, like you just mentioned. And I just think it's such a fascinating industry that I, um, it is what I do with my weekends. Sometimes I will spend hours doing nothing but reading or watching trainings about how to best take notes. But you don't actually take notes. <laughs> I mean, I do. But, my life is, but, but here's the thing. My life is pretty basic, right? So, like, um, I do the same things all the time. And so I don't have a ton of things to take notes on. Now, I do take things because I also, um, as this podcast has well established, I'm super into um, politics and mm -hmm. not from the traditional perspective, per se. So I like to go super deep on a topic, um, such as like, why, why is everybody so mad about gas prices when, and, you know, they tend to blame politicians, but that's just capitalism. And ExxonMobil had the highest profit by tens of billions of dollars this year compared to last year. Yeah. And so if you're going <laughs> to, yeah, I know, but the point is those are the kind of topics I tend to also take notes on because I think right. they're interesting. And so then you go down a rabbit hole, but you can't, if you take those notes just on paper and then you get into a conversation with something, you can't, someone, you can't say, let me run home, find that notebook, right? So you need a good way to store that kind of stuff digitally. That's um, true because I know that there have been times that you and I will be talking and then I'll, I'll just chime in with, a, oh, I, I read some, or I read an article that had this statistic and then I'll say the statistic and I'm like, I need to send you the article. And I have to sit there and think, okay, well, hang on. Let, let me figure out where I read it. <laughs> let me try to remember. Exactly. Well, and um, I don't have it here. Um, Tiago Forte, he is the creator of this process called The Second Brain. And he recently, I think it was late last year, his book released right before the holidays probably. Um, his book released about creating a second brain. And his point and the reason that he got into this was that he was having to, he was having memory issues because of a health problem. Mm, okay. And so your brain is, is created for ideas, right? Mm -hmm. And notes are to store the ideas because if you're trying to keep the ideas in your brain, you're always going to fail. Yes. Yes. So my question is always, what's the best way to get something from my brain to written down so that I don't have to try to remember the fact right. that I need to buy some Dawn dishwashing liquid, right? Yeah. So the other day I was watching this video from this guy and I, and I saw something that I thought was a terrific idea. I've never thought about it before, but you know, you get all these amazing um, birthday cards, right? Mm -hmm. And so what this guy does is he takes a picture of all of his cards every birthday and then puts them all together in one um, file on his Apple Notes, on his computer, and then he can visit them all the time. And I thought, well, that's really clever. That is really because, clever. Yeah. Because how do you organize your photos? Because to me, these kind of things also come into play in the same category as note-taking. Mm -hmm. So how do you organize your family photos? Um, well, we, <laughs> as a geriatric millennial... <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> I come from the um the transition of like, you know, Polaroids to 
the one hour pictures, you know, where you mm-hmm. take the pictures on disposable cameras and then you go run to the pharmacy and then you wait one hour to, to see if any of your pictures turned out to mm-hmm. digital cameras, to everything just not living in reality, <laughs> I guess is the best way to describe it. So um, I've been able to kind of transition with each thing. So I do have a stack of photo albums um, from when I was younger, you know, the, and they're, they're a combination of like Polaroids and then the printed pictures. And I also have all of the negatives. Um, I don't know if I'm storing them in the best way just because, you know, all, all of those things have a failure point, right? Like too much heat, too much moisture, too much, too much or too little of whatever will destroy them. Um, but I also just growing up, you know, we moved so many times. So I, I've lost a lot of pictures. Um, that I would have wanted to hold on to and they only exist in my memory now. Um, but for, for now, so for right now, um, everything is stored inside of Google photos. So everything is backed up to Google photos. Um, it's also backed up to, we have an external hard drive that I back Mm -hmm. everything up to in the event that something were to happen to Google Photos. I don't know. I, you know, me and redundancies, I like having things living in at least three different places. So, um, especially important things like that. (laughs) Yeah. So we have, um, we have the, the main external hard drive. I mean, it's a, it's a giant honking thing, you know, like just dump all the photos in there. But Mm -hmm. I also have a, um, you know, a small portable one that things are also backed up to. So I've got, I've got them living in different places, but I do have inside of Google Photos um, albums. So I do organize things into albums based on events because typically that's the reason why I'm taking those pictures. Um, mm-hmm. But then going back to how, you know, using the the AI feature in Google Photos as a tool, um, I, I love the fact that it can do the, the recognition. Like I, I have- love that. Yeah. yeah. I, I love being able to click on, you know, my daughter's face and saying, show me all of the pictures that have her in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then it will. And so yeah, it I makes it easy for, yeah, it makes it easy for, you know, when I do like birthday celebration shout outs, then I, I can literally go back all the way to when she was born or when I was pregnant um, and do like, oh, here's a picture from every single year of her life. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really neat. Do you um, take notes? Like, do you make memory, like written memory notes about things going on with the kids? Um, Or your life? Written memory notes, like with the pictures that I take or just in general? No, 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 just in general, like journaling or whatever. Yeah, so I actually, I have a journal for my daughters. Um, I started it when I was when I was pregnant for the first time. Um, and they are my, they're letters to my kids. So when things Mm. happen, um, I document it inside of that journal and it's for both of them. So anything that happens, you know, gets documented in there. Um, and if, if it was something that, you know, I'm, I want a visual representation of it, I'll, I'll actually just print on paper, not, not even like a photo print, just print, you know, on paper, whatever the picture is. And then I'll stick it into that journal. 
um, as a reminder, like, oh, this was a fun event that we attended, or this was the first time we went to Universal, you, you know, just whatever it may be. But yeah, I do have a journal for my for my kids. You know, something that we did when Amanda was younger, <clears throat> and we didn't do it consistently because anything consistently doesn't always work out, but we did it randomly, is that we had just a notebook, a paper notebook, and we would keep it in the living space, and then um, we would each journal in it something that happened to us that day, or and it could be mundane things yeah, or something interesting, and um, we would make Amanda, of course, who thought it was dumb, um, journal something randomly we'd be like hey go write in the family journal today it was called our family journal and so it's been really fun to go back and look at that because it would be randomized yeah yeah and so it was a family journal we all three wrote in it and um that's been a fun thing to keep so we did okay so we've done something a little bit similar it's not a family journal but we did this last year we didn't do it this year only because I feel like this year has just blown by. I can't believe we're in August already. Um, But but last year, what we would do is anytime something exciting happened um, for anyone, like we'd have the kids write it on a piece of notebook paper or a post-it note or whatever. um, And then we have a a jar in the entryway and they would just Mm -hmm. put it in the jar. And then what we did was um, on New Year's Eve, we – went through and read all of the fun things that had happened that we had documented. So um, that was a really great little exercise because some of the stuff, you know, we didn't even remember. It's like, I don't even remember what that, what that was, you know, but obviously at the time it was a a really great monumental thing because you wanted to write about it. But, um, but yeah, it's just, it's kind of funny to go back and, see what you thought was really important at that time and then realize, you know, a couple of months later within the same year, you don't even remember it. So it's like, was it really that monumental if you don't even remember what that was? Yeah, I know. It's funny. It's interesting to to do that. I'm not a big journaler. Um, Actually, I'm anti-journaling personally. Like, I just don't like doing it. But um Nothing wrong with that. Well, I I think it stems back to childhood, but um, I didn't want somebody to get a hold of my journal when I was a kid, you know. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure my parents read my journals. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That was the last thing I wanted. Like, um, you know, I didn't come out of the closet until I was older. So that would have been awkward. Um, Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? So. um, but I think it is your point is really well taken. I think that it's the advantage of journaling is you can look back and go, wow, I thought that was such a big deal at the time. And it turned out maybe it's a stressor, you know, and mm-hmm. it turned out it wasn't that big of a stress and everything's fine now. It might help you realize that next time you have another stressor. So I like that. I think that's a really Oh, my cool gosh. Yeah. yeah. So you just reminded me, Um, like my husband and I had this conversation actually recently. It, it was probably like a month ago where he said that he stumbled across his journal from high school or oh. yeah, like junior high into high school. And, um, and he said when he was reading through it, all he could think was, man, this guy is such an asshole. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny that you think that about yourself, you know? And he's like, no, just reading like what I thought was huge at the time, 
you know, and knowing what I know now, it's like, oh, you're such an idiot. <laughs> so looking yeah. at from that perspective, like seeing it from that lens, a different lens, I think mm-hmm. that um, that also helps. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm actually glad that some of my journals are lost forever because I think yeah. I would react the same way. I would read it and be like, man, this person's an idiot. Like This person's so dumb. Well, I mean, I think our past self is generally dumb in comparison well, yeah. to our new, our current self because yeah, either yeah. it's like, wow, we really thought that was such a big deal or we didn't think that was big enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we're, yes. We're always going to judge our ourselves. So. Yes. That's interesting. Yes. God. Oh, my God. You have kids but, that are about to go through all of that. Uh, high school, so yeah. Yep. Well, they and they both <laughs> like to – they love to write. So, um, you know, I have one that – she was telling me just this morning, oh, I'm writing a book. And I'm like, great, you write your book. And oh, then, the, and then awesome. I have another one that likes to um, just kind of like jot things down. So not necessarily journal in the sense of I'm going to outline every single detail of what happened today or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, you know, here's some phrases or things that stood out to me today or here's a little doodle. Like it's it's legit jotting inside of a notebook. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And neither, I was going to say neither, neither way is wrong. You know, like journaling is a very personal thing, right? So, um, or not even journaling, note-taking is very personal because you are putting pen to paper or typing into a computer what you think is important. Yeah. And it could be different for other people that are experiencing the same thing. So let's say it is a lecture or a seminar, right? Like the notes that are being taken by every single person are probably going to be different unless you are taking notes specific to, I know this is going to be on a test. Like if you're doing it in a scholastic environment, then yeah, everyone's taking pretty much the same type of notes, right? But If it's a personal development thing or you're learning for yourself, like the notes that you take are going to be very different from the notes that other students take because your Mm -hmm. priorities are different. So even if they are the same, there's your, your notes are still going to be different because your understanding is different. And that's why I think note taking is very personal. So, yeah. Did you know, um, I, I find this to be particularly interesting too. If you take, if you're, if you journal or you take notes from a meeting or an event in time, and then you're brought into a court case to testify, the person who actually wrote it down is going to hold a tremendous amount of validity in um, the court case. Really? Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You would think, well, they just took a note. So how is that possibly how does that prove anything happened? Right. Um, I mean, I can give you a, I don't want to get too deep into this topic, but I I have a perfect example in mind. Um, As we know, Donald Trump is president Trump, whatever you want to call him um, is going through multiple court cases right now. And it turns out that in one of the situations, um, Pence, Mike Pence, who was his vice president um, was involved in a whole bunch of meetings. Well, apparently Mike Pence is, an avid note taker. I and did so not know been, that. That's so interesting. I didn't know that. 
So I didn't either. But apparently there's a lot of controversy about what was said in these meetings. Well, apparently the only person that took notes in all these meetings was Mike Pence. So now in the court system, Mike Pence, his notes are becoming one of the most important parts of this particular situation. Yeah, he's like key eyewitness with well, receipts. Exactly, because other people <laughs> in the in the meeting have conflicting ideas, but they can't prove their ideas because they're just from their memory. But Mike Pence took detailed notes with dates and who was there and what was said. And so therefore Mike Pence wins. And I just yeah. think that's interesting. That is super oh. interesting because the other thing too is you've got to remember that um, – or not remember, but there have been studies, right, that mm-hmm. show your memory is so unreliable. Like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Eyewitness I, accounts. Eyewitness accounts. Terrible. Eyewitness yeah. statements. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. taken with a grain of salt because they are so unreliable. And it's not, it's not because um, – that person can't be trusted. It's it's not anything to do with trust, but it's all mm-hmm. about perception because you can be so easily influenced by something somebody else suggested or said, you know, um, and that will cloud your memory of what that happens. And on top of that, they say that when you remember something, you're actually remembering the last time you remembered it. You're not remembering wow, the, the actual event yeah. that happened. You're remembering your memory is based off of the last time you thought about that memory. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of like that game of telephone, you know, eventually Absolutely. you you go back to it enough times and then like the shirt color changes or, you know, yeah. instead of this word being said, now it's this word being said, or it's just, it's so easy for like those tiny details to suddenly switch. But now- you are remembering the last time you remembered it. <laughs> right. Well, you know, something else that, that I think is interesting, um, I recently heard that the average human has around 100,000 thoughts a day. That and doesn't that seem like sounds, enough. <laughs> well, and it's funny. That's what a lot of people say. But but let's just say it's true. And yeah. 80% of, person, of a person's average thoughts are negative. So that got me to thinking about that kind of makes sense too, right? Mm-hmm. And so if that's true. It's sad, but yes, it makes sense. Well, yeah, but I mean, it, it sounds true. I mean, and negative has many connotations. It's not necessarily like I am stupid or that's not going to work. It could just be like, I don't want to do that. I, you know, I mean, whatever the negative is, but it got me to thinking if that's true, imagine how much better everything in your life could be if you just tried to bring that down by 10%. Mm. And I don't know if we can control our thoughts all that well, mm-hmm. but if you started writing down um, positive things that happen throughout the day or, or positive affirmations, so you started back to note-taking, just making notes of positive parts throughout the day, then maybe you could become so much more successful and much more productive just by trying to counteract those negativity with more positive, yes, this is going to work. Instead of just being like, um, like if you have a task for work, what if instead of writing down just the task, like um, I need to set up this meeting, 
What if you said, I need to set up this meeting that is going to bring success? Mm. You didn't even define what the success was, right? Mm -hmm. What if you started putting positive words at the end of every single task that you thought about? Oh my gosh, that's so good. Like, I want to do that just moving yeah. forward. Yeah, I, I think I thought I've been thinking a lot about that because I don't know. I don't, we tend to think, oh my God, I need to be a more positive person or, you know, I need to be more forward thinking. Well, screw that. Just add a positive action verb to every single thing that you do. Yeah. And, um, and then that, that goes back to the note-taking because most people write down their their um, task list for the day. So how do you manage tasks for the day? Typically, I, I set everything up the night before because I like coming – Oh, inside of either a project management tool or something like this. I have a post-it note <laughs> that, okay. that that I write the things down on and it sits on my desk and typically they're, they're the three top things that I need to get done. So um, I like to trick mm -hmm. my brain and, you know, I pick three things that I know I can get finished um, because then it makes me feel accomplished, right? Like these are the three most important things that I need to get done, but they're also relatively easy to do. So um, I, I am purposefully – setting myself up for success so that I have motivation okay. to continue on with the other more mundane or difficult tasks. Okay. So you write them that how often do you write them on a sticky note versus a task management app? Well, usually they're already in a task management app, so it's coming up, but pretty much every single day I have a sticky, a new sticky note on my desk that I have written on the night before. Okay, so the task management app, is that ClickUp? Yes. Okay, great. Who puts it in ClickUp? Me or my business manager, Sarah. Okay, so <laughs> this is going to get super meta with my questions, so please forgive me, but this is the kind of crap that I literally schedule on my holidays to. <laughs> so, okay, so the task that you put in ClickUp, how did you know to get them into ClickUp? How did we know to get them into ClickUp? Yeah, so like how did, what happened before ClickUp? Is that what the meeting was for? Yes, that's what the meeting is for. A discussion and was so, had. Okay, so a discussion was had. How often do things that you need to put into ClickUp come outside of a meeting? So they're just, you're sitting there and you're working and you realize you need to update your WordPress or whatever your equivalent would be. Um, I mean, that happens pretty frequently. And but that, for, when that happens, when that well, happens, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. So when okay. that happens, so let's use your example, like, oh, I just realized I need to make a, an update in WordPress. Yeah. So when that happens, I go into our messaging system. And right now we're using, um, <laughs> we're using Kumo space for a virtual uh -huh. workspace, but also we, we do Google chat. So if it's just something real quick and nobody else is in Kumo space, then I will send a message to the entire team and I'll, I'll tag for the WordPress example, I will tag our head of technology and I'll say, Hey, John, we need to update, um, our WordPress website, or we need to update this client's WordPress website and plugins and once that message is sent to him, he creates the task inside of ClickUp 
and assigns it to himself, he does it and then he marks it done. And then I get a notification saying this task has been completed. Do you, once you've put it in that chat program, is it off of your brain? Do you try to go back to make sure that he did that? No, it's out of my brain. Okay. Yep. Out of my brain. Good. No, that's good. Okay. So then you have the things in ClickUp and then you write it on a sticky note. And then I guess as you do it, you probably check it on your sticky note and then go into ClickUp and check it off as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And and just remember my sticky note is a very generalized version of what has been entered into ClickUp. Right. Why do you think you need the sticky note? Um, as a reminder. <laughs> but that's what ClickUp is. Yeah, it's a it's a visual reminder because it's literally in front of me. Whereas ClickUp, I have to open it or I have to wait for a mm-hmm. notification to show up. So if there is a constant physical reminder in my face, I'm going to want to yeah. get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. I, and by the way, I think that is a good answer because I guess what that means is that you have a dual system for yourself. Yeah, I guess I do. Yeah. Yeah. Never thought about it that way. It's not something I've ever really put any thought into. (laughs) Yeah. So then when you're, so you've, you're done with your day and you look at your sticky note and we're going to run through two scenarios. You've accomplished everything on your sticky note. What do you do next? I throw out the sticky note. (laughs) You throw away the sticky note. Okay, good. Yep. Okay, so you don't keep it. No need to hold on to it to, no. to remind yourself that you what you did the previous day. Okay. Now, you look at your sticky note and two things still need to be done. Do you write it on a new sticky note for the next day or do you keep that sticky note until everything on it's done? So that's a really good question because it depends on what those things are. If it is related to something else that's a priority for the next day, then yes, it gets put on a fresh sticky note. But, oh, go ahead. I have something urgent um, that's not related. Apparently, in our Zencaster, we only have five minutes left until we have to upgrade our account. Oh, look at that. It's because yeah. we've been chatting for stop. so much. <laughs> I know. I don't know if it's going to stop recording in five minutes until we go through the upgrade process. I don't know what's about to happen. So I don't know. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's good to know though, right? Yeah, totally. Okay. So real quick, because we might almost be done for today. Um, you, you transfer to a new sticky note, then you throw away that existing sticky note. And then the next day you have your new sticky note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I like this. This is good. It's um, yeah, cuz it another another reason that I do that is because if I am rewriting the same task over and over and over again, it it gets to a point where I'm like, "Why why am I still working on this?" You know, so it's like a trigger for me to actually do it because it's like, "Why is this being rolled over so often?" If I mm-hmm. put it down, as a, this task can be done today. Right. right. And That's usually I'm the roadblock. So it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I love that. And I think, by the way, I think that's super normal. I think most people have a digital thing that they use. And sometimes 
um, they're solopreneurs and they use it just for themselves. And then sometimes like you, they have a team and the team needs to see everything that's going on, but there's something outrageously rewarding about writing it down. The funny thing is, I think that a lot of people are in the same situation as me where you're constantly going back and forth. Um, do I want to write it on paper or do I want to write it? Because now with iPad writing on an iPad tactile wise feels the same as writing on paper. Mm. Um, especially if you have the paper like screen on it, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, the screen protector that's called paper like, um, it feels very similar and very much the same. And then you have those notes with you everywhere, but there is a, um, point of resistance because you have to turn your iPad on. You have to, mm-hmm. if it has the facial recognition, you have to hold it up. You have to have it in the right place. You have to make sure it's charged, but a piece of sticky note, especially a sticky note you can put on your laptop and close it and go carry it with you very easily versus even a notebook. Right. 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 So, um, and I then you can it's... layer your sticky notes too. I, I think that's, mm-hmm. I, so when it comes to your point of talking about, um, there's a point of resistance, right? Yeah. I, I am that person that I will rebel against something just because everybody else is doing it. So uh, if everyone is saying, oh, yeah, the new, you know, the remarkable tablet, which is basically what you're talking about with the iPad. Yeah. Yeah. So being able to write notes and all that kind of stuff onto a tablet, I'm like, but you are still using a piece of technology that, like you mentioned, it turns off. So once the screen is off and gone, it's out of your brain, whereas a piece Mm -hmm. of paper or a sticky note it, it it is literally there, like it is flagging in front of you. <laughs> right. Plus, we all are conditioned to love sticky notes. Yeah, yeah, I do love sticky notes. I have I a do whole too. drawer. I mean, you sent me just like a yeah. gift one Christmas of nothing but a bunch of different kinds of sticky notes <laughs> and pens. So yeah, I mean, they're also a lot of fun and they're very rewarding. And this is the end of our podcast, so. Um, Yay, sticky notes. Yay, note-taking. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> note-taking. Yay. Again, I could talk about this for days, literally. But Oh, um, my goodness. Well, I, yeah. I'd love to hear, like, what other people have to think about note-taking and writing on sticky notes and things like that. So Absolutely. Um, I'd love for that to be a conversation that we have with anybody who happens to be listening to this. Absolutely. Yes, I would love that. I think that would be quite interesting because um, we didn't even discuss what a second brain actually is. Um, oh, so that can be on the next episode. We'll talk about what, what a sure. second brain okay. actually is. I love it. Awesome. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.